broadcasting from deep with inside the Wrestle House. My name is Carl Carafel, and this is Turnbuckle Talk. We are back for another show here, number two, 169. And I, as you can see, am joined alongside Corporate Joe this week. Joe, this is an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show here with me tonight. Thank you so much for coming by. And first off, how the hell are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing all right. For those who have been wondering, who do follow me on social media, I mean, I don't do much on there. Uh, for those who have been asking, I, I, I appreciate uh, people asking. Um, I have had, excuse me, I had to mute myself there, a little bout of bronchitis, uh, which was an interesting journey to go through. I got my little puffer. Take a little bit there right now, so I'm good to go. Um, but yeah, um, paying the price for a few uh, lifestyle choices early in my life, but um other than that, you know, things have been pretty good. Work has been steady. I've gotten to watch a little bit of professional wrestling, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Well, that and I guess uh, what Ed is talking about here as that's well. Ed Fries coming in here. Ed, thank you so much for coming in, my friend. Absolutely love you. You are amazing. He says, time to talk about turnbuckles. WWE have always had my favorites. Also, do New Japan's pads count as turnbuckles? Those two questions should fill an hour, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> almost. Almost. I think that we can classify New Japan's as turnbuckles um, or turnbuckle pads, I guess. Because if you don't know, the turnbuckle is actually just the uh, the metal part that's there, not actually the pad. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, I guess there we go. But, um I mean, I, I would say, you know, because this is where it would actually be nice to have Jargo because I know he's like an expert on this mm. and likely knows about this specifically. But, I, you know, I would imagine because, you know, this kind of grew largely from, especially over in Japan with a lot of boxing and, and other kind of combat sports. I mean, that's typically what you would see in that style of ring is a pad covering, you know, all three turnbuckles. Um and you know that also allows for some different kind of spots to be done during matches as well. You can be a little more aggressive into that to those corners. Yeah. And you know, if you're Yano, you can use it in the match if you so choose. So you definitely can, right? Yano seems to do all the time, all the time, all yeah. the time. Which I'm I'm not upset about. Definitely not. I mean, that is pretty cool. I do enjoy that. Yano is a name that has been out there for a very long time within the world of professional wrestling, and. Mm -hmm. uh, our first topic today that we're going to talk about is uh, the changing of names. Now, I know that I've spoken to this a little bit, but uh, Joe, you have not ha really had the opportunity to get onto any show or any podcast to really be able yeah. to talk about these things. So that's we're going to talk about that first off. Uh, a number of these name changes that have been happening, specifically what we're talking about is name changes of uh, already established independent professional wrestling stars when they're making their way to a larger company, whether it is the conglomerate known as the WWE or AEW or any of the larger companies. And then all of a sudden a name change is coming into effect for them. So yeah. I'm going to let you uh, take the reins here, so to speak on this and uh, give us your thoughts on that, Joe. Uh, first of all, 
I'll preface this with I'm not against name changes, but uh, there's a big but uh, when it comes to this. Um, I, I would definitely share your sentiment that for stars are already established. Uh, it is a bad idea, in, in my personal opinion, because I think it's it only serves to insult your audience, um, especially when there are stars like Walter, for example, who have, stars have really latched onto. You throw a whole new name that with no reasoning whatsoever, seemingly, um, and then your your fans immediately reject it as well, chanting Walter as the debut happens. Hey, Astrid, um, that you know it, it's 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 a bad idea. I, I mean, I mean, just unless I mean, there's been other name changes, you know, even during our heyday of professional wrestling viewing, but there needs to be a reason, a purpose for the name change to occur, not just because we're calling you up. And we feel that we have to change your name or because we're worried about you when you leave that you're going to, you know, trademark name disputes and all that kind of stuff and uh, mm -hmm. merchandising and all that kind of stuff that goes on behind the, the scenes. Just it just further seems to just insult uh, the pro wrestling audience, in my personal opinion. There, like I said, there's times where it makes sense. A character change or like a total change in gimmick and that kind of thing where it's happened organically due to storylines. But if you're just making a shift... And it's abrupt like that. It, it, it's, I mean, I I didn't watch a lot of, like I said, I don't watch a lot of professional wrestling these days. But watching Walter come up to that main roster, like it, it felt really right. weird and awkward. When when all you, you literally all you have to do is just let the guy be himself. You didn't have to try and make him into. I was, I was the original idea for the uh, the character as like a, a German submarine captain or something. Um, well, that was that, no. I mean, that that really wasn't the idea that they had for the character. Yeah. It was just that the name that they had, yeah, was the name of a uh, German Nazi submarine right. ship, right? Which, that was where which, all of that comes in. Again, adds more to the insulting your audience. I mean, your because your your audience has access to all this information now, and they can find this kind of stuff, right? So, I mean, this is when coming up with those names, you need to kind of do your due diligence and pick something that's not going to reflect badly, or even the do drop thing, which I know is kind of old news now. But I mean, <laughs> somebody at the table there had to be like, you know what? This might not be a great thing if you look at what it means, uh, you know. So right. you, you get to try carefully with this kind of stuff. And uh, like, so that's my greatest fear. My biggest thing is that uh, you risk greatly insulting your audience, which is something they shouldn't be doing right now. That's right. I I, I agree with that. Uh, first off, Astrid, Joe already said hi, but I want to make sure that I say hi. Love you, girl. Thank you so much for popping in. Um, Ed coming in with some more comments here. Uh, if you guys don't know. Um, Astrid does a lot of stuff with uh, Love Wrestling as yep. well as Ed, too. I mean, you can catch these people on a number of different shows. And I mean, even tonight, there's going to be a double feature starting at 10 p.m. right here on this channel where we're going to be having Power Out and then NXT, T-E-A, as they talk all things NXT, which is absolutely fantastic. And of course, NWA Power or Power Out is going to be talking about NWA Power, which is another great show and company to talk about. Ed's got some really good points here as well. He says, I don't hate the name changes, but once they start using their old name to make their mark and then change it once they hit the main roster, 
that's when things really become an issue. And I think Joe, that you, uh, you really hit the nail on the head talking to that point. And I think recently the biggest one has been Pete Dunn changing his name to. Oh Bush. God. Yeah. that's Right. Right. Yeah. So we've already had Pete Dunn on the main roster yeah. and we, we kind of tweaked his character just a tiny smidgen little bits took him from maybe being a, uh, um, an aggressive type of, of person and character to putting that just a little bit more over the top and now calling him butch, I think is, is totally, totally wrong. It'd be like maybe uh, a bit of a ridiculous or extreme example here, but it would have been like, say if NXT was still a thing there and the undertaker, there was a character in NXT and he came up to the main roster and they called him the mortician. Right. Or, or something like that, right? It's like, no, we, we, know, or... we know him as this. And then you all of a sudden flip it. It just, it, it, it's without a reasoning for doing so. It just, right. Uh, and I you understand they're tr- dead guy. <laughs> right. And I understand they're trying to protect their, protect their invested interests, especially with merchandising and, and naming and stuff like that. But then it's just, it's tough, man. Um, but it just, it just, it feels like we're just doing it for everybody for the sake of doing it. Right. I, I don't think is the right is the right move. Noob, good to see you here. Thank you so much for popping in. I really appreciate that. Another one of Ed's comments here. He says that uh, I I also still kind of really like uh, KLR or uh, Kaylee Ray's uh, new name. I know a lot of people are hating on it, but Alba Fire sounds like something I'd have made as a kid. Yeah, I mean, like that kind of kind of speaks to you, Ed. Right. So I mean understandably if that's speaking to you then that's a good move for you i haven't really seen her using this new name um and i know it's still going to be the same kaylee ray right or kylie ray sorry i mean i i know that it's going to be right um (laughs) see i'm even doing it too ed i've got to put this one up here at least now i won't accidentally say kai kylie ray instead of kaylee ray I've, I've even been doing it myself. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like an idiot too, <laughs> but at times if, if they're like Joe said, if there is a rhyme and a reason for that change and it can be explained as long as it is explainable, I think that it is okay. Some of these more recent ones that they've been doing after a uh, a member of the of the uh, the roster has been in the forefront, let's say, on the main roster, and now all of a sudden we're we're changing their name for reasons that doesn't sit well with me. Even going from NXT to Raw or to SmackDown, changing that name still really doesn't sit well with me. And I know that NXT seems to really have its own niche market, and that at times. Uh, people who are watching Raw and SmackDown aren't watching NXT. Well, I get that. But there's a lot that are watching the entire product. So you're like slapping us in our face and uh, calling us stupid is pretty much what it feels like. See, and you hit on something there too, because obviously the WWE wants, they want you to watch all of their content, but then they turn around and say, oh no, it's okay for this name change because they don't watch NXT. 
see inside of that you're, itself, you're you're admitting defeat. You're 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 except you're, you're saying that you failed. Like you right. just it, it's it would make sense to me. Like if you're doing like a for a shift from a good character to a bad character or something uh, supernatural happens where we have to suspend our disbelief, a change in the character like that can justify a name change. You know, like a like a like a like a, um was in the Nation of Domination. There the was it a comma. And, and then he like changed the name to something else kind of after like see and, and that kind of thing it can make sense but to just change because we're shifting you from spot a to spot b you know and, and then too this is again where uh, the internet wrestling community is glorious in that kind of thing because people are so narrow-minded that they see nxt as a different company you like, know oh no no uh, they went from the company of nxt now they're in wwe so it's a different name i'm like nxt is wwe no no it isn't so, so then that's where i you know i press x and i exit out of social media right so <laughs> oh no it's okay nxt is a different company oh <sighs> my head wants to explode just thinking about it right yeah yeah you know what's really possible to explode right now oh <laughs> i thought you were going i thought you were going to segue into a commercial there not into a commercial because <laughs> I, that would have been the wrong time right? to segue to like a manscaped right <laughs> which we will talk about manscaped in a little bit here Something that, that that definitely is going to be blowing our minds and is, is already blowing the minds of a lot of the internet wrestling community and a lot of the professional wrestling fans that are out there, even without knowing jack shit about this event, we're talking Forbidden Door. The event is going to be taking place between with AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. This Dude. is going to be another huge Dude. event. Dude, I'm, I, I'm just going to read through here super quick the uh, two official press releases here that came from uh, Tony Khan and that came from, uh, what is his name here? I just had it. Uh, Takami Obari, okay? So you get first, better with Japanese names, by the way. I'm getting very good You're with them. there. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> so Tony Khan says, as the world continues to reopen, I'm making sure the Forbidden Door follows suit and we can finally give fans the dream events they've always imagined. The United Center was home of one of AEW's biggest events of all time, the first dance, where CM Punk made his return to wrestling after a seven-year hiatus. This summer, fans of AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling can expect the unexpected during this extraordinary first-of-its-kind pay-per-view between our two incredible companies. That was Tony Khan. And now Obari is saying... As we have done for more than 50 years, the power of pro wrestling can energize people by fulfilling their dreams. Now, it's quite an important mission for us, the pro wrestling industry as a whole. We are not only opening this door. We will show you New Japan Pro Wrestling's genuine, strong style beyond the forbidden door so there's a couple of little things in there that really piqued my interest um joe i want uh i want you to kind of uh oh. take things from there for for a what? moment before that though 
Yeah. This specifically, I want to comment. If you have a mixed reaction about the show happening, you do not have a pulse as a professional wrestling fan. Okay. <laughs> there should be no mixed reactions here. This is going to be dope. This is going to be sick. This is going to be effing awesome. I already have a list here of dream matchups that I want to see if I can share with y'all. All right. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Damn right. And I don't normally say y'all, but I got a list for y'all here. All <laughs> right. Do, before you go, noob, we're not specifically talking uh, about you. Like that's that's yeah. not that's not the not what we're doing here. We're not like yeah. uh, demoralizing or demeaning you oh, at no. all with no. that statement. That's just a broad statement yeah. out to the universe. That's all. Exactly. Okay. So <laughs> here we go with three matchups, right? So you you have a an opportunity here with this show, and perhaps into the future to further tell some long term stories that have been sitting and brewing for a long time. Right at the top of the list for me is you got to do something with Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, mm, whether yes. it's a match against each other or whether you get the Golden Lovers back together and have a tag team match against some team. The, the, the groundwork has been laid for that for years now, and it can come full circle. That would be awesome. Another one in that same vein, G.O.D. has been talking crap about the Elite for a long, long time now. You have the Gorillas of Destiny come in. You do not announce this match. You have the Young Bucks taking on an unnamed tag team, and you have G.O.D. come in and absolutely decimate them, right? Perfect. That would be awesome as well. Another, uh, Some other ones on my radar Hiromu Takahashi versus Daniel Bryan. Oh. That would be incredible. Okay. Um, you have absolute goats back in action. Yes, thank you. Um, on the comedy side of things here, we had mentioned Yano earlier. Right. We got Orange, we got Orange Cassie in AEW. You have Dan dream, Housen. You have a dream comedy match. I'll leave Dan Housen out of there. Um, <laughs> Yano versus Orange Cassidy, right? So you, you do that one. And another one. Big, big on my list that I guarantee nobody else is asking for, but would be absolutely incredible. El Desperado versus CM Punk. Oh, yeah. All right. And then, of course, you have Okada. And who would you match up with Okada? Your current AEW world champion, Adam Page. Right? You have kind of AEW's main guy right now versus Okada, who is essentially going to be and kind of is. Um New Japan Pro Wrestling's guy, right? Um, love Dan Housen. Briefly on that, briefly on, on a bit of a tangent. I understand. <laughs> I understand his his popularity. The character has never resonated with me. I, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to shit on the guy because I know he's very good at what he does. But it's just not one that connects with me on any kind of level. And I'll I'll leave it at that. Uh, uh, not to crap anybody who's a fan of him because I know that he's very popular, but it, it does nothing for me. Um, but dude, there, there, there's so much potential with this show. This is actually something that um, that I kind of want to watch. And you know, I'm somebody who's kind of stepped away from, from professional wrestling for a while yes. now. But this show, ooh, it has me intrigued. And if any of these ones that I named could possibly happen, um, awesome. I know I, I would have said. Uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Daniel Bryan, but they've already done that on AEW. I mean, you could do a rematch there, I guess, if you want to. There's so many possibilities for dream matchups. I mean, obviously, we can't get anybody from WWE involved in this. Don't, don't, we're not even going to, nobody should even think of that as a possibility. It ain't going to happen. Uh, obviously, you know, we have some options with Ring of Honor and with Impact, and, you know, things could um, overlap there as well. But, dude, I'm excited for this one. 
I want to get your take on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love you, Plugo, but um, yeah. yeah. I want to get your take on this one from Ed here. Ed says, I think AEW has already shown us that they have issues putting over another company whom they have been working with. So why not have mixed reactions bef- about working with New Japan Pro Wrestling? What do you, what do you think on that? Because I mean, Ed, Ed is right. Ed is, is right in his statement there where he's saying that we have seen that there have been issues uh, with, you know, like working with other companies. They seem to believe that they are the top of the top, the only company, and that this other company is just along for the ride. They're the little brother, so to speak, as big brother is going out to play. Um, That does kind of give me a little bit of, of reservations, when it comes to the forbidden door pay-per-view that will be happening simply because I don't want to see them uh, uh, use new Japan pro wrestling as just that little brother sideshow type of situation. So, I mean, we're likely kind of referring to impact and AEW's relationship with that. That's impact wrestling. Okay. Nothing against impact wrestling, but new Japan pro wrestling is the wrestling promotion over in, over in Japan. And they're not going to allow themselves to be um, second tier to anybody, right? So, um, you know, that's why we saw a little bit of the issues with the relationship with Spring of Honor in New Japan because New Japan felt kind of slighted there. And I guarantee they're not going to make some of those same mistakes again. Uh, yeah, Chase Owens, um, yeah, that, that would be very interesting as well. That I want to touch on here because that is something that I was going to talk about. Uh, Bad Luck Fale and my friend Chase Owens have captured the New Japan Pro Wrestling IWGP Tag Team Championships of the World. And I am so happy and excited for both of them. Now you're talking uh, Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens versus FTR. Um. I don't think we're actually going to be getting that because on social media, what has been happening is that uh, the Hardys have actually been saying they're willing to take on absolutely anybody and they will delete, delete, delete anybody that is in their way to which Chase Owens retweeted that. And says, pretty much, hey, Fall A, looks like they're calling us out, right? So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that over the social medias, that this is how that is going to play out. Because I would be perfectly fine with the Hardys versus Fall A and Chase Owens. Um, to address Plugo's um, comment in the chat, because it's a great uh, thing to mention, um, if they can, uh, people remember have to remember as well, um, New Japan on Stardom. Uh, some of the best women wrestlers on the planet work for that promotion, and it's kind of um, they've interwoven with uh, with New Japan. Um, we do well, we do have to we'll say see. Plugo's Plugo's comment because not everybody's going to see this if you're listening to this yeah. on audio. Plugo's comment was actually, "How do they get women's representation on this card? It would be a huge mistake to leave them off this one." Yeah, yeah, you could do. Um, um, who's? She's um, I already forgot her name. Um, who had the uh, the pirate character? A uh, cut. Um, was it Kyrie Sane? 
Kyrie Sane. Yes. Versus Serena Deeb. Oh, right. There's right? there's a good, there's a good matchup for you. Uh, you could do that one, even if it's just one match to have that woman re- representation. Another one, if you want to do the the legend match on the show as well, um, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Sting. Right. That would be that would be cool. Ed did mention as well, and I like this. I think that this would be really cool, and I think that they may actually be kind of maybe going in this direction a little bit. Adam Cole, baby, taking on Jay Switchblade White. That could be fun, he says. I definitely agree with that. Let's get to Ed's next comment here. He says we, we say that, but how often... Have we been seeing New Japan pro wrestling talent dropping matches to AEW talent when they come over? Again, these are devil advocate statements. I don't believe it will be an issue this time, but it's a good conversation topic. It definitely to, is. And and that's, I mean, we've already gone like 20 minutes. Huh. So <laughs> No, so not 20 to, minutes, but. One thing you have to keep in mind too is that we're talking about uh, with Japanese wrestling, it's a completely different mindset. Uh, when it comes to the business over there as well, not only with the match, the atmosphere of the matches, but the mindset of the wrestlers as well. They don't mind, say, like a uh, Yuji Nagata coming here and putting over John Moxley on American soil. There will be no reservations there. They know when that type of thing needs to be done for the greater good. It's not necessarily that they're just dropping matches for the sake of dropping matches. They're coming over here to use for a certain fan base because they know these Japanese wrestlers and to come over and then to lose to one of AEW's talents only strengthens AEW's talents. And then on the flip side as well, that a new Japan talent was able to hang with a AEW wrestler and give them a run for their money. It's beneficial for both sides of things. So a, a loss over a win, as long as the match is top notch and it was a good fought match, everybody's a winner. And I think, I think to Ed's point, we definitely have been seeing that, especially when it comes to like uh, Murder Grandpa, um, Azura Suzuki, right? Oh, like man. we've really been seeing that where, and, and, and don't get me wrong, he has had a couple of wins, but he seems to be really just on the losing end of everything when it comes to his work with uh, All Elite Wrestling, which, you know, it sucks, but at the same token, you're putting them up against, uh, you know, younger guys all the time that... You know, he—he's he, legitimately a grandpa. You're—you're you're getting put over by one of the best wrestlers in the business. Oh, it's right. impossible that's... for that to be a bad thing. You've won against Minoru Suzuki. That's not a bad thing. People are <laughs> no. misinterpreting that to to, to 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 beat one one of the best Japanese wrestlers of all time, who helped even uh, create some uh, MMA aspects uh, right. of, of fighting. That's not a bad thing. He, he knows that he doesn't mind putting these other guys over. He loves doing that kind of stuff. You know, don't be mistaken by his character. Uh, he's, <laughs> I mean, he's a sweetheart at, uh, down deep there, but uh, oh, yeah. yeah, murder grandpa still one of my favorites. And uh, I'm curious to see what he'll do at this show. It's gotta be something, whatever it is, it's going to be good regardless. Right. And thank you so much for bringing up that uh, those those comments and that topic. And we please know that we understand that we're not directing these comments at you, but that just you opened up that forbidden door for us to talk about, which we really do appreciate. Thank you so much. Something else that I really do appreciate is just how great I feel after I get out of the shower and I can use my Manscaped products. Support 
for Turnbuckle Talk, as heard on Love Wrestling, is brought to you by Manscaped. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world? Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LOVEWRESTLING at manscaped.com. That's right, everybody. Manscaped.com is where you can go for amazing products over there. I own the Lawnmower 4.0. I have the Shed Travel Bag. I have the Crop Preserver. I have the Ball Toner. I've got all of it. And it is so amazing. I love every piece of my Manscaped products that I have. That promo code Love Wrestling is going to get you an unprecedented 20% off. That is, in any industry, something that is unheard of. They're offering that all the time for you. That is not something that's going to like just disappear all of a sudden. With that code, you're always going to get savings. And that free worldwide shipping, worldwide shipping, as Titus O'Neil would say, you can't beat that, especially if you're living in another country outside of the United States like I do up in Canada, where shipping can cost you 17 to $20 for a package to come. Free shipping is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Pluggo, I would love to get this. We're going to go back just a little bit here and go through these comments. How much would you need to take one chop from Murder Grandpa? do it right now <laughs> right that'd be a feather in my cap dude i've been shot by some wrestlers and uh yeah it hurts like hell and um i, I would do that proudly so yeah i've been shot by minoru suzuki bring it on ed says one dollar <laughs> <laughs> ed yes totally uh we totally get that uh ed says oh absolutely just don't want people thinking that the nxt guy is just trying to take shots at AEW. No, no, no. We uh, we understand that, and I thank you very much for bringing that up for all of the viewers who are seeing this afterwards and everyone that is listening to this in podcast form afterwards. And for all of you that are watching this afterwards on Turnbuckle Studios' YouTube page, as well as listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, I appreciate you and thank you so much. Is a one of the thing too with uh, yeah another <laughs> the insurance yeah um, is that with like especially if you get re into the new Japan pro wrestling stuff which uh, I kind of miss to a certain extent if you watch the G one some of their tournaments and uh, their championships like they you you always see like different results in those tournaments like everybody like it, it's never always the same person winning all the time they try to put over as much of their roster as humanly possible yes, and that's, that's why when they come over to North America you know they don't mind putting the other guy over because they're, they're so used to doing it. Right. So no, it's, it's very true. Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, that's just the way that it is with them over there. It seems to be a totally 
ass backwards type of situation uh, from the Western side of things because of how we've been raised on professional wrestling. But for them, it isn't foreign and it isn't it, it isn't like a dark side of no. absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. So dark side of the ring. Oh, yeah. Dark side of the ring is a, a television series through Vice TV that has been going on for a number of years now. Uh, three seasons that they've actually gone through where they're taking a look at the dark side of professional wrestling whether it be things that had happened in um you know with the macho man or whether it happened with uh um you know bruiser brody or uh you know bravo uh the plane ride from hell um the montreal screw job different topics such as that they have really been going through and last week we were hearing that they did not get renewed for a fourth season. We'll update to that. Okay. So vice TV has actually gone out, put out a tweet and this is on record. What they say, we've heard some rumors flying around about season four of dark side of the ring. We are as committed as ever to both the series and the broader dark side franchise. Evan and Jason are hard at work making more content that we know our fans of the series will love. Stay tuned. Interesting. So yeah, I, it's it's interesting now now because we we've heard that they're not getting renewed, but that the creators or the people working on it, Evan and Jason, are working on another different project. Now, is that what they're kind of alluding to here, where, where they're talking about the broader Dark Side franchise and making more content that the fans of the series will love? Or are it's they talking, a, yes, there is a season four? It's uh, whoever does, uh, that was on Twitter, I, I suppose, right? Yeah, yeah, that was um, from Vice on Twitter. Yes. Who, whoever does Vice's um, social media on Twitter has clearly worked for a politician before <laughs> because th- that is very politically worded and answering a question without actually answering the question. Uh, right. Yeah, yes. Um, so, you know, a- a- as cool as Dark Side Ring has been, because it has been, um, at the same time, it's been a little disturbing. Um, oh, you know, yeah. re-exploring some of the, the darker moments of professional wrestling, you know, specifically for, for myself, you know, finding some details about the plane ride from hell um, that I wasn't necessarily privy to before um, was another thing that kind of turned me off of the business a little bit. Um, okay. But then hearing some other stuff too, like like that story may have been kind of skewed a little bit. And it was sort of like an amalgam because a lot of those plane rides happened, whereas this show kind of presented it as all it happening at the same time. And now we're hearing that possibly maybe that wasn't the case. Um, you know, so, you know, as is human nature, uh, I've always made this reference. Everybody who's played the game telephone knows that mm-hmm. once a story gets passed from individual to individual to individual to individual, by the time it gets to that 10th person, it is gone from being a orange piece of fruit to a brown piece of fruit. So it, it changes. It's human nature to put your own spin on things when you hear a story and pass it on to somebody else. Yes. And we're definitely seeing uh, the results uh, of that kind of thing there. Um I'd be curious to see if, because it does sound like it is something else that they're working on. Now, what that is, um, 
somebody that I know that still does a lot of writing for the business is saying that might be something exploring the the territory uh, times of professional wrestling, which we're kind of seeing coming back a little bit these days. Uh, that could be very interesting. I fully agree with that. I think that it definitely would be amazing if they did do a series on the territories. Um, maybe not as dark as this series has yeah. been, right? But maybe actually going through and uh, giving us a little bit of the positivities that have come from the territories. Yeah. Um, so much different things that you can take a look at when it comes to professional wrestling and, and different content. One of those places to go is lovewrestling.ca. You can find so many different things there from shows to articles, to videos, uh, a number of different things that are there, podcast forms, video forms, everything that you could want is available over at lovewrestling.ca. So make sure you go and check that out, please. Um, I'm, I'm honestly very, very much so looking forward to another dark side of the ring series i personally don't even want to speculate as to what could come from this yeah right i don't i don't even want to speculate what topics that they can even talk about because then i'm getting it inside of my own head and i'm going oh oh yeah oh, i i want this so bad and yeah. this is what it's got to be and when it isn't that no then I'm disappointed, right? But I don't know. I mean, hey, man, like for the the actual run of actual Dark Side of the Ring, I mean, they explored some stuff that, I mean, I, I had including that they might, but, you know, was generally surprised when they did. I mean, you know, it might seem kind of odd, but I'm actually surprised that they did the Chris Benoit story. Because, I mean, right? like you want to talk like literally the most polarizing topic to this day. And when it comes to professional wrestling, other than maybe, you know, the, the Owen Hart situation or the Jimmy Stuka, which they also covered as well. But the fact that they uh, did two episodes on uh, on the Chris Benoit thing. Yeah, I'm still to this day still floored uh, about that. And uh, yeah, uh, if, if anything, I'm hoping that, you know, this new series will maybe put maybe a bit more positive spin on things instead of just right. exploring the negative or, you know, or at least, you know, and these stories like try and find the silver lining or try and find some positive aspect of things instead of just delving into the constant horrible deep deaths that is professional wrestling because it right. can be a bit of a downer sometimes to be honest with you it definitely can be i, I just want to let everybody know the season two finale of dark side of the ring uh which covered owen hart and, and yeah. owen hart's death Oof. was actually the highest rated program on the channel's history at that time Doesn't so yeah, very, uh, very, very, very different, right? Uh, noob coming in saying, What about the infamous plane ride from hell that drove everyone away? Um, to me, right? Yeah, Joe, Joe mentioned that, like, that's yep. right, like, yep. just it's it's unfortunate, right? But again, they're they are just as we are, they're content creators, they're trying to create yep. content that they feel people would like and enjoy, just as. I am trying to do on a weekly basis, <laughs> yep. sometimes even more, um, especially if you're going and checking out Turnbuckle Studios on YouTube where you're seeing, uh, you know, Turnbuckle Talk and you're seeing Carl Carafel on boxes and whatever else I feel like putting out there as well. Um, 
yeah so i mean they're all content creators trying to do these things and unfortunately this one here the plane ride from hell is one that really caused a lot of controversy uh, amongst not only people who were watching it but those that were part of the episode as well ed saying the light side of the ring right i mean if they name it that i will be okay with that too i yeah. definitely would be that that would be fine and yeah. give us the brighter side of things like we try to do here at love wrestling where we talk about the good instead of the bad you know, we it, try it, like i said that territory idea really intrigues me you know that's really back to the, the idea of when kayfabe was alive and strong and yes. you know the, of course there's always been that debate you know how could we get back to uh, the land of kayfabe we, once we've gone in the other direction there's we just we can't go back uh, once we lost kayfabe, you just can't reclaim it. That's just the nature of it. I know some have tried, but we just you know, we're privy to too much information. It's a good and a bad thing. You know, it gives podcasters like us something to talk about, but at the same time, mm. um, can kind of be a detriment to your wrestling viewing, which um, you know, I found myself uh, feeling that to a certain extent sometimes. Definitely, I can, I can, I can definitely feel that. You know, it isn't kayfabe. Color and elbow brand. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling, a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow. And this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. That's right, CollarandElbowBrand.com, a brand that we have been part of, or that the 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 podcast Turnbuckle Talk has been part of. Yeah, Corporate Joe and myself, part of that pretty much since its inception. We are the first sponsored podcast from collar and elbow brand as you can see if you're watching the video down below right in the center there sponsored podcast amazing stuff over there use the promo code jk podcast at the checkout and get 10 percent off your entire purchase i love those guys over there al snow is an amazing guy i have nothing but the utmost respect for him rod as well has been absolutely fantastic when it comes to trying to help us out with everything collar and elbow brand so thank you to both of them and please go and check out collar and elbow brand.com before i move on to my next topic here i do want to bring up ed's comment here light side of the ring episode number one titus worldwide and everything amazing he has done in the community i think that yes you are so freaking right. 100% somebody needs to shine a bright freaking light on everything that Titus has done for every community that he goes to, not just his community, but every community that he goes to as an ambassador for the WWE. And that is something that I believe really needs to be showcased. When, when I uh, think Titus, I mean, I'll, I will always think the famous slide. Um, I think I know that's another thing, a potential idea, is maybe do um, something like a Botchamania, but with like higher production values. Explore the, um, the gazillions of 
botches that they're out there in the <laughs> professional wrestling business yeah. because wrestling never always goes as planned and there are many out there. And so if you want to go kind of more of the comedic angle, there you go. Talking about comedy. This was not comedy. Oh, okay. So we all, we all have seen, and I'm sure Joe, you've seen the uh, WWE 2022 hall of fame induction ceremony. Did you watch that? I did not. You did not. So you, did you not. didn't see the Undertaker's induction well, or speech? I, I saw a good portion of that one. That one I, I did see, yeah. Okay. After the Undertaker gave his very fitting and emotional speech, um, where he covered a lot of different things and talked about a lot of different people, the internet wrestling community blew up and got their panties in a twist because one name was not mentioned. Now this name has kept quiet on this uh, up until just like a couple days ago where this person is actually finally voiced about being snubbed as the community is putting it by the undertaker at the induction ceremony. Joe, you're looking kind of confused there. I Let am. me say <laughs> the name Mick Foley. Okay. Yes. Mick Foley was not mentioned at all during the undertaker's speech. <sighs> now. Okay. Before I get into Mick Foley's comments here on this, what's your take on the undertaker not mentioning this man right here if you're seeing the video i'm pointing at him right now mick foley what what are your thoughts on that uh, i have a couple different things on this i mean I, I i i can understand some people maybe even mick himself being a little upset with not being mentioned because i mean um you know they were each pretty instrumental in um, their WWE career. So I, I can get maybe a little bit of bitterness there to a certain extent, but at the same time, um, you know, with Mick kind of being removed from the wrestling uh, business, uh, still stays pretty vocal on social media, but kind of voices some opinions when they're maybe not quite called for. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will say, you know, he, he's voiced some kind of opinions that it's like, Mick, you didn't need to say that, you know, and so sometimes, you know what? I'll bring up an oldie but a goodie here. You know, something yeah. that my mom told me at a very young age, and possibly some of our you uh, and maybe some of our viewers were maybe told by their own parents. You know what? Sometimes if you don't have anything good to say, sometimes saying nothing at all is the better idea. I think that this was the case here. I, I don't think that there was a need to turn this into a big hullabaloo, so to speak. But I guess it turned into that, and it's unfortunate because, I mean, it's really the only negative aspect of this whole thing. And it just didn't need to happen. Now you talked about Mick Foley being uh, somebody who has maybe uh, spoken out of turn, um, you know, in, in some of these different situations. And it's very clear that the apple did not fall far from the tree because as Ed puts here in the comments, yeah, the next day I saw his daughter speaking about it or speaking yeah. out about it. So yes, that's essentially where it started with Noel Foley, Bless her soul. I love that girl. Don't get me wrong, but bless her soul. She is the one that really started this. And uh, people who I guess maybe agreed with her really hopped onto this and brought it out there. Ed's comments as well here. Thank you so much, Ed, uh, for, for sticking here with us tonight. I know I, you have 
you're a very busy guy and I absolutely appreciate this. Uh, Ed actually says Taker was more important to Mick's career than Mick was to Taker's career. And I fully agree with that. It's a fair statement. Yes. It's a fair statement. The statement from Mick Foley says, well, listen now. Okay. So now to give context, this is during a podcast that he did uh, during, during an interview that he did. He says, well, listen, I forget to mention my wife during my speech. So I'm not one to lecture anybody about who they should and should not include in their speech. I was not there for those formative years. His was more about friendship and support. We had a great rivalry, but he didn't mention the rock or Austin. So if I'm not hurt, no one else can be hurt on my behalf. Very well put. I absolutely loved that. Um, 100%. That was the perfect thing to say where he says, I I've forgotten to mention my wife in speeches that I've done. He didn't mention the rock. He didn't mention stone cold, Steve Austin. If he didn't mention me and I'm not upset about it, nobody else should be either. Right. And there you go, Astrid. That was Nick's response to, uh, to, to the internet wrestling community, the IWC going out there and uh, really trying to call out the undertaker, uh, Mark Calloway on not including Mick Foley. I'm a Mick Foley guy too. Plugo says I'm a Mick guy. So yeah, show him some love. I, I will always show him love. Um, I have always been a Mick Foley guy. I've always enjoyed his work, but I, I just, I think that that's absolutely amazing. And I love the way that, uh, that Mick did that. So, I mean, give me your thoughts on that, Joe. Uh, you know, it, it, it's the it's social media kind of running its ugly head again, right? It, it's uh, as much as as great as the wrestling fan base can be at times, it can be the real shit sometimes too. I'll just come on and say it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it. It's a tough thing to talk about without okay, me getting kind of upset <laughs> because it's a because it, it, I, I can understand some fans feeling a certain way sometimes, but I think that sometimes they uh, can be a little entitled and they, they, they can sometimes voice opinions and cause problems that weren't really there to begin with, right. whether it's to just feed their own ego, whether they're just being trolls or whether, you know, they have, they feel they have a genuine issue where they feel they've been wrong themselves. And there's a lot of things that could be at play there, but I mean, just it's the type of thing that, it's so different from the older times of wrestling where that didn't exist. Right. Whereas now it's like there's wrestling has this thing along with it that kind of undermines it a little bit. I, I, I feel that I even said that I feel like the internet is really damaging to professional wrestling to a certain extent. And I still kind of stand by that. Uh, but at the same time, it can be really powerful for younger talent and, and up and comers to kind of make a name for themselves and get noticed by large promotions. Yeah. It, it, it's such a weird thing because it's so great, be it detrimental at the same time. It, it, it's right. such an odd uh, beast. And it's something that, uh, I guess it's just kind of here to stay, but um, it, it can be a hard thing to manage. You know, some people that have a lot of mental health issues because of it, uh, some yes. talents really get hounded by fans to the point where they're done or worse, uh, you know, descend into some really dark areas, you know? So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a tough thing. And I just, 
I just hope that some people will just kind of back off of that a little bit. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, just, just be a fan and, and just kind of leave it at that, you know, uh, but I understand it's tough because we all, we want to yeah. know everything that's going on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Plugo kind of saying take. here, uh, yeah, no, and that that's perfect. Plugo saying here, I mean, I get it, and I ain't mad. It's his speech. Yeah, do you? You know, yep. like totally. Um, you, you want to see Plugo doing Plugo? Okay, what you got to do is uh, go find and follow Thunder Rosa on YouTube and take a look at her latest vlog that she did because yes, Plugo is part of that as he was able to meet with Thunder Rosa. Go and check that out, please, because that was absolutely fantastic. I loved watching that. Astrid, you are so correct. She says with time constraints, they end up cutting some of their speeches as well. The Bellas mentioned it recently. Yes, you're right. The Bellas did mention that. And, and you are correct. Time constraints really hold a lot of factor in these. Uh, it's not as though they can really just do whatever they want to do anymore. Like they used to be able to, where they could have a six hour hall of fame ceremony. So, and you know, if you're Mr. T, um, you know, you get cut short by Kane. So, right. I hope I'm not the only one that thought of that in that situation right there. You know, sometimes <laughs> you got to resort to desperate measures. You know, when you start rambling on, you know, you got to get the hook. So, Ed is saying we should be more worried about Taker's last words were never say never than for him forgetting Mick Foley in his speech. You're right. You're right. Well, why don't we, we touch on that briefly to, to end things off? I, I know this is your show now here, Carl. Well, but... I got one more topic before we're ending things off here tonight okay. that I think is going to be a pretty big one. But well, I want can... I, I just want to get through these quick, and then we're okay. going to talk about that for a moment. Sure. Astrid uh, laughing at Plugo, saying the appearance was priceless, and Plugo <laughs> saying, uh, uh, and fall all over myself. You weren't falling. You were swooning. <laughs> That's the way to put that, my friend. You were swooning. So I'm going to put this comment back up here ed says uh we should be more worried about taker's last words which were never say never than him forgetting mick foley in his speech so joe take it away if we're talking about him possibly having one more match i mean that that's as i know that where that this is going i'm really torn about it because if you were it would have to be with the exact right person and i'm not sure who that would be right now because I mean, you can't be doing like moon salts and stuff to the outside or going through tables and that kind of stuff. Don't do it. Right. Don't do it. Um, unless you're Stone Cold, who did it when even I, I said he couldn't do it, so he proved me wrong. <laughs> right. But um, still, genuinely shocked about that. Um, but Undertaker, I mean, if there's one guy that doesn't owe the professional wrestling business anything, it's him. So yeah, like any, yeah. anything else that he does now is just gratis. Um, so what's, what's your take, man? Do you think he does warm match? Does he need to? He doesn't need to at all. No. no, not at all. He, he has definitely fulfilled a lifetime of a career with the WWE and has solidified himself as being part of that Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling for a lot of people. He does not need to do one more match, but will we maybe see Taker come out for, other little things like let's say they do a gimmick battle royal or something like that right so that's uh that's that's about the only thing that i could uh, i could really really see Ooh, a new gimmick battle royal 
I was a fan of the first one. That eh, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Plug was saying, "I'm a Thunder Rosa stan, one of my absolute favorites." And I apologize. I apologize to Mrs. Plugo. I did not. I did not mean to get him in into any trouble. If that did happen, Plugo says, "I only swoon for Miss Plugo." That's that's good. That's good. <laughs> Oh, geez. No, no. Ed is saying Mrs. Pluggo versus Thunder Rosa with special <laughs> referee Pluggo. There you go. Oh, boy. You just as Pluggo <laughs> says, oh, boy. Yeah. Pluggo is well saying that he does not want to see another taker oh. match. So I think uh, I think the majority of us are all in agreement there where we don't want to see another Pluggo or another uh, taker match. Um Pluggo agrees with that. Corporate Joe does. I do as well. So I still I, I still say that him versus Brock or him versus Bray should have been his retirement match. I think so as well. I definitely do. Hundred yeah. percent. I think so as well. You know what? You know. You know what? I'm not happy about right now. What did what? That Dunder Mifflin shirt that you're wearing right there. You know, you could go to this right here and get yourself some amazing merchandise. The official Turnbuckle Studio shop is open. Official merchandise from all the favorite shows, plus merchandise you can only find here. Stuff from Turnbuckle Studios. Carl Carafel unboxes. The Boar's Nest with Bubba Duke. Miscellaneous products that you can only find here. Beats and beat downs and turnbuckle talk. Find all this merchandise exclusively at carlcarafel.redbubble.com. That's right, everybody. The shop is open. There is a new shop that is available. I am wearing the Turnbuckle Talk shirt from that. If you have been over to Turnbuckle Studios on YouTube, then you will have seen the latest edition. No, you would you would not see that yet. I was going to say the latest edition of Beats and Beatdowns, but I was not wearing my shirt then. Um, the Carl Carafel unboxes where I do the Redbubble merch. That's where you can see the Beats and Beatdown shirt, as well as the F the Remsburg shirt that I picked up for myself. So please go and check that out if you can for me. Uh, any purchase that you make does bring a little bit back to me to help support the running of all of this, whether it is StreamYard for the other content that I make outside of love wrestling or whether it is for the Podbean account, whatever it is, every little bit helps support. And I very much so appreciate that. Something that I think a lot of people are not going to appreciate right now is a, uh, an, an email that was sent out to a number of different people hmm. in regards to all elite wrestling. So I'm just going to read through this here quickly for you. It says below is a brief description of the new show. Okay. AEW's top performers are ushering in a new behind the scenes wrestling series like no other. Every episode will track our core cast on the road at AEW events as they try to hold on to the titles they have 
or win back the ones they've lost, with everything culminating at the biggest pay-per-view event of the year. They all hope to walk away champions, but there aren't enough belts for everyone. Heroes will rise, villains will fall, champions will be crowned, and with more access, more star talent, and more drama than ever before, we'll see it all through the eyes of the biggest names in the company. As you may know, TV networks often consider different titles for their TV series, and we would like to ask you about a few potential titles for the upcoming season and get your opinions on them. So that's essentially confirmed there that AEW is creating another show where they're going to be following maybe one specific person or maybe a series of people as they're going through on the road. So essentially taking us behind the curtain, so to speak, and uh, uh, giving us this uh, different show. Now, specifically what they're asking for is name, right? So they're specifically talking about the name. So all of these names start AEW and then a name afterwards. So I'm just going to read the names instead of AEW after every single one of them. I'll start with the first one though. AEW Grit and Glory or The Climb or Friends and Enemies or Breakout possibly all access maybe fight to the finish or on the ropes could be uprise or maybe to the mat possibly to the top or finally road to the belt so those are the names that they've really come up with uh, so far i think i'll be I don't, I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to be okay. So now this, this is, this is, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Ed saying these are all pretty crap. So before you continue. Yeah. So they already have the show. It's called being the elite. That's a YouTube series. It's, it's, this it's is going to be an actual television series. So just bring the elite over to t- being the elite over to TV. It's kind of the same thing, uh, right? I, I, I just, but being uh, the elite really is only focusing on them on that faction, right? Yeah, but With they a little some, spillover of people yeah. once in a while. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if peeling the curtain back on this particular company is a good idea. I I, I don't know about that one you got to remember they were kind of doing the same thing with roads to the top. Yeah. And now that Cody is no longer there and Brandy is no longer with the company, there is no more roads to the top. So the, they probably have to contractually fulfill with another television series. Right. I'm of the firm belief. I think AEW is at the, at its best when it just focuses on the actual wrestling. But trying to do the sports entertainment stuff, which WWE already does, I think that they fail spectacularly at it. Just, uh, and I'm not an anti AEW person, 
But I mean, AW, uh, WWE, sorry, already turns out all that that sports entertainment stuff. Uh, AEW trying to do that similar kind of stuff. I don't think that they get anywhere near that. To be honest with you, um, they just focus focus on the wrestling, which I think that they do better than most. Spectacular, yeah. And and stick with with works with that. Um, I mean, I like some stuff that they're doing, like with um, with the game coming out, the fight. They're calling it Fight Forever, apparently. Like yeah. next week on Dynamite, apparently they're going to give like a preview of the game and that kind of stuff. That's cool. That's cool. Do that kind of stuff, but then you know, do some matches in between, which they'll probably do. And then, um, yeah, um, stick to that. I mean, <laughs> if if any broke, don't fix it. I think if they 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 try and be too much like what they're saying that they were so much against. And then try to be too much like it, they they risk kind of alienating some of their fans. I think. I I think you're right. I definitely do. Ed Ed says there's only one or two that I like. Um, if you remember those names, elaborate, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, <laughs> out of out of that entire thing, I think the only the only things that I like are maybe All Access or Friends and Enemies. For me, I think that those are like the only two that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, but this this was an email that was sent out to uh, to a number of different hmm. um, people within the United States. Uh, probably those who are, um, you know, on a, on a uh, an email list for like TBS or TNT, right? Yeah. That's probably what it was. Again, because contractually, I I guarantee that that is exactly what um, what this is, right? Yeah. I think that that's exactly what this is is they have to fulfill this. So they have to come up with some sort of thing for content. Like, like I'd say in there, I, I would see road to the belt just because they know that WWE is very against saying that and they'll do it just as a jab. <laughs> right. I, I could see them doing road to the belt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also says in all, all, all elite wrestling, all access or access uh, wouldn't be terrible. I agree with that. Yeah. 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 Wow. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens going forward with this and how long it's going to take for them to uh, maybe get all these responses back, uh, filter through them and be able to start doing this, start taping, start bringing this forward. It's going to be, honestly, it's going to be real, real interesting. Corporate Joe. Is there anything else you want to discuss today? Uh, Not too much, man. Uh, I mean, coming into the show, I did watch, uh, a little bit of professional wrestling coming into it. The most recent episode of Dynamite, which I w- was, I thought they did some cool stuff there. Um, the the matchup um, between the two FTR guys uh, for that one hard qualifier, I thought that was a really really good match. I mean, they literally like recreated uh, a match with Brett Owen as a tribute. That was like really really cool because uh, as I'm kind of watching the the match, I'm like. So I'm, I'm seeing some, some familiar stuff yeah. here. And I thought <laughs> right? those guys did an amazing job with that. Uh, that was really, really cool. Uh, they, they've been doing a really good job building up Wardlow and getting him over with their audience. I think they're doing a really cool thing there. Um, some of the MMA crossover, which is happening in this company, I'm not too fond of. With Paige Van Zant. Uh, I know that she... I know fans really, really love her. Uh, she's still very, very green and you know, needs how to throw a punch better, I will say. Um, the matchup between Serena Deeb and, and Hikaru Shida was really, really good. Um, and that 
ladder match for the TNT title. Really, really good until that ending. There was some funky kind of stuff that happened there. Um, Sammy spot off of the ladder uh, onto Scorpio, like he totally whiffed on it. And then he did this thing where he took this spot onto a barbed wire ladder and then bounced right back after, which I something that always drives me nuts in matches with me being a purist, um, only for him to lose. I thought that was really kind of funky. But overall, uh, a pretty good show, especially for somebody who hasn't really watched it all lately. And that's fantastic. I definitely wanted that uh, we ended on a good note. And anytime that we can hear Mighty Joe praising some professional <laughs> wrestling right now is definitely a good point. Oh, dude, if, so- if they do even one of those matches on that uh, Forbidden Door show, if they do like even just one of the ones that I had picked or thought of, uh, I'll be happy. Just one. That's all I want. I'm not greedy. They do them all cool, but just do one. Like, especially like Hiromi and Daniel, like do that. Right. Do that one. Time will tell that pay-per-view isn't until uh, June 26th. So there is some time. uh, Maybe as we start hearing some more about who will be on the show and what the card like, maybe we can see about getting corporate Joe back on and, and doing like a uh, preview show uh, as soon as we get the entire full card before this and see how things turned out, especially with this, uh, uh, the stuff that he's been, uh, you know, kind of throwing out there now. So I think with the nature of it though, I, I think you keep most of the card mysterious or the only show like, you know, certain into the AEW talent against somebody. I think you keep the majority of that card a secret. And then, yeah, you can build some anticipation. I, I know you still need to sell the card, the show with some. Right. So you, you do have to announce a couple of the matches, but I think you keep some of them kind of mysterious. Yeah, you could be for something pretty cool there. And it, 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 I mean, it's called Forbidden Door. So I think you have to stick with the, the mystery a little bit. Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, needless to say, I'm intrigued and I'm interested. That's good. It's always good when we can get Mighty Joe back interested in a little bit of professional wrestling here. And I I absolutely love it. Joe, thank you so much for joining me here today. I was absolutely thrilled when you got a hold of me and mentioned that you uh, had the time off and that you would like to come on to the show. So I really do appreciate you. You are my brother. You have been since grade five. Yes, we have known each other that long. I absolutely love it. I love you and thank you so much. Um, Anything that you want to give to the viewers before we uh, head out here? All I will say, man, like I said, I don't get to do this very much anymore because I am corporate Joe, as you can see on your screen. For those listening on audio, I'm corporate Joe now. I'm not mighty Joe. Well, I can be my Joe sometimes, but uh, right now I'm kind of corporate Joe. um, So I don't get to do this very much. But at the end of the day, I do still deep down love wrestling and uh, i will always be a part of it in some way somehow astrid says awesome show thank you so much astrid love you very very much (laughs) you are absolutely amazing ed has been amazing today as well we've got pluggo that was here with us as well and noob thank you so much that's a new name that i really haven't seen very often but uh noob thank you so much for coming in if you're still here with us and listening i really do appreciate you Thank you so much. And as always, everybody, remember that, I mean, we've only got this one life, right? And everybody is here together. So just make sure that you are going through this road of life the best way that you possibly can. And remember, take care of each other.